Well, this morning I get the chance to talk about our time about, re, uh, about reclaiming our identity. What is the gospel? Now we've talked about it in succession and for the last four weeks. The gospel belongs to God. We cannot define the gospel aside from what God ma- made it. Romans tells us, it is, Paul said, it is the gospel of God which I serve. He serves God and he preaches the gospel that is from God. And we need to make sure that the gospel that we preach or the gospel that we teach or when we share the good news of what Jesus did for us, that it's from God. We also talked about the gospel is God's love for us. Don't underestimate this point. It is his love for us. It is not our love for God. It is his love for us. And it's so valuable to know how much he truly loved us. He loved us so much that he died on the cross for our sins. It is his love for us in which he loved us. The gospel is the power in the church. It's the power in the church and it is the power of the church and it is the power that is supposed to be for the church. Don't underestimate the gospel. It is powerful. We get away from it. We put power in a lot of different things. The gospel is the power of the church. It is the power cell that was given to us through Christ, through Jesus. He is our focus, and through his work on the cross, that good news that we have a Savior, it is the single most important thing for us as a church. And we talked about it last week. It is introduced to us. The gospel is given to us through his resurrection. This morning, though, we want to talk about salvation. I don't know about you, but... Don't you like to be saved? That's a good thing, right? Yeah, we don't talk about it all the time, do we? I don't know about you, but when the the different times in my life in which I have been saved from something, I like to talk about it. It's pretty amazing. I'll I'll never forget when I was, me and Kedrick have a lot in common. I like to crawl all over everything. I like to climb everything. If there's something to climb, I climbed it. My mom, I, 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 she one time hoisted me at four years old, you know, up onto the second story, uh, and I climbed up a balcony up to the second story to get in through the sliding glass door so that way I could open up the door of the house so that way we could get in because I learned from my mom to lock our keys in the house all the time, you know? She's like, go into the house. I took the keys into the house. I then knew that when I left the house, I was supposed to shut the house, but I locked the door and shut the house and left the keys inside. So that was my job to climb. I'll never forget, though, I was climbing a tree, just like my daughter Kelsey. I don't know matter how many feet I was up. All I know is that when I fell, I never, my feet never hit the ground. My arm got wedged in between two limbs. You know what that's like when you have one limb up and one limb lower, and the pressure held me there. To this day, I still don't know why my arm didn't come off, because I fell about 10 feet and landed in that position, and I reached up and I grabbed the limb to alleviate the pain from my shoulder, and I told my friend calmly, I need help. Would you go get my mom? (laughs) 
Of course, my friend was not calm, screaming, your son fell out of the tree. He's going to have his arm ripped off. You need to save him. My mom was like, what? She came walking out, and she's like, oh, he'll be okay. And he reached over. And I don't know why my mom was so calm. And she just reached over, and she lifted my feet up. And I was able to get my arm out, and I came out of the tree, safe and secure. Being saved from something, my life, I, I, I fell into lots of predicaments through my life. And God has saved me multiple times from things. You know what? It is really good to know what we are saved from, isn't it? It's also good to know that we are saved. And that's all these things. Salvation is so important. It is one of the most important things about the gospel that if we don't understand it, we miss a lot of major, major points. As we think about the 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 church in Ephesians 1 Paul or um, uh, Rob told us the very poignant part that it's all about Christ and it goes right into the plan in chapter 2 of how God was going to use Christ for our salvation now in the Old Testament do you know what salvation was for salvation was to be saved from an enemy that's what the the term was always about being saved from an enemy and to be delivered from your enemies. I've been held up at gunpoint a few times and I loved it when I was saved from my enemies. Yeah, twice. Being saved from my enemies is a great thing. I didn't really know if they were my enemies. I just knew that they had a gun and they wanted something. Talking to your enemies is a good thing. It calms them down. I found that out. Found that out twice. Not having a gun of my, uh, my, on myself, that didn't solve the problem. Remaining calm and talking to my enemies helped. Not that I'm against guns. I love guns. That's not the point. The point was, we like to be saved from our enemies. But it changes in the New Testament. You know, salvation changes completely in the New Testament. In the Greek, when it refers to salvation, it is much bigger than one single event. When we read in in Ephesians chapter 2, and he talks about our salvation, it's much, much greater than one enemy or one single event. It's when he's talking to us about our salvation, when God says about our salvation, he's talking about eternal consequences. There's a huge difference. And the Bible warns us that we have a problem. And so because of that, we need to know a few things about our salvation to understand how important it is. And that is, in verses 1 through 3, we see that what we are saved from. If you don't know why or what we're saved from, then you don't even know why salvation is so important. I love, in verse 1, it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin. You know what's so amazing about that? It says you were. 
If you're saved, if you know that you've been saved from your sins and, and you responded to the gospel call in your life, when Jesus, when you heard that call, that Jesus died for your sins and he rose again, and that he did that to pay for your sins, and you said, I need Christ, and you responded to that, you were dead, and the Bible says that something changed because of the salvation that was offered to you. You have to understand the vital importance that we were dead in sin. Sin isn't just missing the mark. We hear that a lot of times. Some of you guys love archery. I love archery. I'm not always the best at it, but it's great. Archery is amazing. But I don't know about you, but when you shoot at your target, would you like your target to be fixed or would you like your target to always be moving? What's much easier? Fixed. Fixed target's great. I, would it be, you know, it's like you're taking aim and then some crazy guy, because he'd have to be crazy if you, if you moved your target, and waited until you were going to shoot and then just moved your target. How would that make you feel? I don't know about you, but it would get frustrating if your target was always on the move. But do you understand what, it mean, what sin is? That idea of sin... Of, of, of sinning against God. Sin is not just missing the mark, it's missing God's mark. It's missing His holiness. We cannot hit the mark of God's holiness. See, you know, what's funny is, is what does the world do? They say, well, we're not bad because they are determining what the mark is. That's what the world does. And it's hard to reach somebody with the good news of the gospel because they say, well, the, the, the mark is different for everybody. It's okay. I can do this. It's not sin. They are determining what the mark is. And so we live in a culture where it's so frustrating because everybody is determining what their own evil is. Oh, I'm not that evil. But when we compare it to God, we realize we are all, in our very raw form, in our nature, we are evil. We're sinful. That's what God saved us from. Our inability to hit the mark. If you know Romans 3.23, there is none righteous, no, not one, right? We, there, everyone is a sinner, and we all fall Short of what? That's the mark. God's glory. That point, we can all determine what we feel is good enough in our life, but we all fall short of God's goodness. That means that salvation is so important. What we're saved from is so important. When you share the gospel, when we talk about the gospel, we are saved from that mark. We are saved from our sin that we fall short of God's glory. But look at what it says in verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We're saved from following the futility of the world. I don't know about you, but the Bible tells us that the one day the world is going to be gone. It says, do not love the world or 
the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's 1 John 2. 1 John 2, I didn't put in your notes. Verses 15 and 17. Isn't it futile to long for something that's going to be gone tomorrow? We're saved from that. The course of the world. The course of this world is headed towards oblivion. It's going to be gone. It's going to be burned up. That's the course in which the world is headed. We're saved from that to eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that amazing? That picture from sin, from the futile way of the world, that's a beautiful thing to be saved from. It also is, we're saved from following faulty emotions. <laughs> Our emotions are, can be a great thing and they can be a horrible thing, right? When somebody has a gun, our natural instinct is to, if they're pointing it at people, our natural instinct is to run. That's a God-given instinct. Fear, when used appropriately, can remove us from a bad situation. But if we're controlled by fear, it can cause us to have the inability to even live life. If you look at the world, it's driven by emotion. And people are hurting. And when God saved us, he saved us from our inability to hit that mark, God's mark. He saved us from sin and the futility that's in the world, but he saved us from the futility of our emotions. I love that Proverbs 28, 26. He says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but who, he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Wisdom comes from God. God saves us from faulty emotions. And in verse 3, it says, among whom you once lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of the body. Literally, it's saying that your passions forced you to carry out things in your body. Those emotions controlled you. We are no longer under that control when God saves you. Isn't that great? I love that. That now, that's what we're free from, by the way. We're free from the faulty, the futility in the world, and we're free from faulty emotions. But this is the, the kicker right here. Did you see at the end of verse 3? Look there, it says, and were by nature childrens of wrath like the rest of mankind. When God saved us, he saves us from his wrath. From God's wrath. We no longer are we under God's wrath when he saved you. That's what we're saved from. Because we can't hit the mark, we are by nature children of wrath. But God saved you. I love the fact he says, and you were. That's past tense, right? The things that you need to understand is what we're saved from, but also you need to understand who saved us. 
the world is desperately trying to save themselves. How's that going? They desperately are trying to find peace. How's that going? They're desperately trying to get things under control. How's that going? It's not going well. And it's okay to say it. Because we have the good news that Jesus died for us to save us from all that futility of life. God saved us. Look at this. I want you to notice this, right? Verse 4. But God, being rich, right? But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us. But God intervened says, and you were. Did you notice that in verse 1? And you were. But look at verse 4. But God stepped in. God stepped in to save us. This is the important thing. Is who saved us? God saved us. We cannot save ourselves. The world is desperately trying to do that. We can't do that. God, get this, God saved us because of His great love. But God, being rich in mercy. By the way, you know that word rich? It's like, it's, it's hard to explain, but the picture in the Greek languages means a unending bank account. You know when you go draw from your bank account? You can draw so much until what happens? You can overdraw, and then you have to pay more money, but then they put a hold on your account, right? You can't draw. You, there's a limit to what you can draw at a bank. There's a limit to the riches we have in this world, but that's not the word here. But God being rich and over a never-ending abundance of riches is what it's saying. But God being rich... We can always go and withdraw from the love of God because of his great love in which he loved us. His great love. I love, I love the thinking about that. I don't know about you, but it'd be, it's amazing. Last night, the storm, I'm, I'm, I'm different. The storm was awesome, especially being by the beach, seeing the spray of the waves coming up. You know, normally when you live in a bay, there are no waves. And, but there was spray. And so I just, standing at, the, 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 standing at the, the sliding glass door, and it's hitting me because it's bowing. Because the wind was just amazing last night. Not good to fly in. <laughs> but it was amazing. And it was flexing, and it was spraying. And I was thinking, as I sat there and I saw the power of that storm, I was just... And as I was thinking about these verses, I was like, God, thank you that your love is so great that you loved me. That is something that we should just dwell on. Because the world in which we live in is more, is the, the storms and the pain and the agony that's just blowing around us is unfathomable. But God's riches and his love for us is so much better. God saved us. Who saved us? God did because 
it's him that made us alive. Look at this. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even while you were dead. You see why you can't save yourself? Do you know why the world is futile in what they try to do? While you were... Anybody in, in the medical field, has anybody made themselves alive? When I, I was telling the Sunday school class this morning, I was at a pastor's retreat, and the guy walking right out of the... I was walking out of the bathroom, and the guy right in front of me just dropped dead. And we were performed CPR. He didn't perform CPR on himself, did he? Can he? Can he sit there and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm dead, I'm going to put my hand there. I don't, I've never seen, now if that happened, that'd be amazing. But I've never seen that. It was amazing, we prayed for him and after 20 minutes of chest compressions and CPR, and on the way to the hospital after being shocked a bunch of times, and they pronounced him dead, and, the, and then he woke up. And he said, I got to go back to the church. I got to serve. He was a deacon in the church, and he wanted to serve. And he's like, oh, you just had a major heart attack. <laughs> but he, was, he wanted to leave the, 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 the hospital. God made us alive. Titus chapter 3 says, But when the goodness and the loving kindness of our God and our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us. Right? We know that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Who saved us? God did. It's His work. He made us alive. Why do we have such problems with people who don't know the Lord? It's because they're dead. Why is the world having such difficulty? It's because their spirit is dead. They need to be saved. They need the good news. They need the gospel. This is a rallying cry for us as a church. The power of the church is the gospel. That our God can make dead spiritual people alive. Don't underestimate that. Colossians 2, and you who were dead, God's driving the point, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. We're saved from our sin, made alive by God. And that brings us to the last thing. is is why we are saved. Why are we saved? Why? Have you ever asked that? Why would God save me? Not everybody asks that question. A lot of people is like, it's about time God saved me. <laughs> and I've ran into those guys. It's like, yeah, I, I deserve to be saved. I was like, really? <laughs> So we get into this theological, you know, questions. I start asking questions. And I find out that he doesn't understand what salvation is. Yeah, I got saved one day, you know. I, yeah, I know what God did and da, da, da. But he's like, yeah, I deserve to be saved. I'm like, man, that's not me. I'm a sinner. 
God made us alive. Why are we saved? Why would God, a holy, just, righteous God who is pure, why would he save us? Yeah, because he loved us. Because of his love. To raise us up in his power. To raise us up in his power. You know what that means? Have you ever thought about that? Why, why does he say that? In verse 6, did you notice that? And raise us, he saved us by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He changed our position. He changed our position. To raise us up is the idea that he changed our lowly position from one of being in the ground, dead in righteousness, dead in because of, of our sinful nature. We were dead So we sinned, and he made us alive, and he changed our position and seated us with Christ. Do you know why God saved you? In order that he could be, show his kindness. He saved you to show his kindness. He didn't save us because he needed anything from us. It's because he's constantly giving of himself to us, to show us kindness and to enjoy his unmerited favor. You know what that is, unmerited favor? Is grace. He gave us what we didn't deserve, what we didn't earn. He saved us to show his kindness and to enjoy that unmerited favor. Paul is, Paul says, love is kind, love is gracious. God is love. 1 John 4, we see that. His love, how great his love is. Do you know the other reason why he saved us? Did he save us so we can boast in ourselves? He saved us so we can boast in him. So we can boast in the Lord. We can take communion and say, I have life. I was dead, but now I'm alive. We can boast to our neighbor that we have answers to the greatest news ever given to mankind because God saved me. So we can boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.31, I love what Paul says. It says, but far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord. Let me tell you what. I am saved because he went to the cross to save me. He died for me. He paid for me. I hope we can boast in the Lord. Verse 10, look at that. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. Who prepared the good works? God did. Who do we want to prepare the good works? Well, we would, yeah, if, if we truly want to be blessed, we want God to, to prepare the good works. But so many times after we're saved, we want to determine what the good works are, don't we? When do we usually struggle the most? When we determine what the good works are. We say, well, yeah, God saved me, and now I'm free. I can do whatever I want. 
I got a ticket to heaven. But that's not why he saved us. He saved us. That's not boasting in the power of the Lord. Let me give you an illustration of that before we take communion. What do you trust? You know, that's the thing. This is, this is our salvation that we have put. If we are saved, this is what we've put our faith and trust in. There was a, a story about this famous actor. I don't know which actor it was. It was written down at one point. This famous actor was at this big event, and for some reason there was a pastor there, and he reminds me, in the story, he reminds me of our dear Pastor Ralph. And this famous actor, they were all saying, hey, go up and recite some lines, do, an, you know, do a presentation for us. And, uh, and he's like, all right, what should I do? And the pastor from the background says, quote, or share with us, quote, Psalms 23. And he thought, and the actor goes, well, I know that. I, can, I could probably read it and perform that for you. And he's like, are you sure? And the pastor's like, yeah, do it for me. So he said, Yes. Uh, I'll do the 23rd Psalm. And the, and, uh, the old man uh, was thinking about it. And the, 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 the funny thing was, was the guy that was saying it says, well, if, if I quote Psalm 23, I want you to quote Psalm 23. And the pastor said, even better. Because now the crowd's going to hear it twice. The actor began with his flamboyant, you know, his intonation was correct, his dictation perfect, and everybody applauded, and they were like, that was beautiful. And everybody applauds. So then the, the old preacher got up, and with his old voice, sat there, and he began to share Psalm 23. And as he finished Psalm 23, tears just started to come down people's faces. Now, the preacher was just no intonation, just an old gravelly voice, and yet no applause, just tears. The actor turned to the old preacher and said, Sir, I... What's the difference? Why is why did they respond in tears and yet to me in applause? The old preacher said, "Well, the difference is a lot of people know extremities. They're drawn to things on the outside, but the difference is is I know my savior I know the one who wrote those verses. He knows the shepherd. And because of that, people responded differently. We need to know the, the details of our salvation. We need to be in awe. We know the Savior. We know the chief shepherd who has saved as we close, oop, I went backwards, didn't I? 
ask these questions. Have you been saved from your sin? You say, yeah, I, I, well, I said, yeah, I know Jesus, but do you know that you've been saved from your sin? Have you? That's the question. Do you know what you're saved from? Because if you don't know you're saved from, then you might not be saved. That's not for me to judge. That's between your heart and the Lord because he saves you. He's asking you to respond. If you need a savior, respond because he will save you. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The other question is, are you trying to save yourself? but all the while feeling dead inside. The only one that can take and change that dead to life is God. The other question is, as believers that have been saved, what are you boasting in in your life? What do you boast in? What work are you doing? Is it his good work or is it your good work? Salvation is a beautiful thing. What have you been saved from? Let's have the men come forward. and Guys, we have the greatest gift known to man. What is the gospel? It's the salvation of our souls. We have been saved from sin, being brought from death to life. We have been given salvation, I pray that you would share that with our community. This today we get to we get to take communion and it's to remind ourselves. It's for those that are saved, for those that have that relationship with Christ that have been brought from death to life. And I pray that as we we take communion that you would think about your salvation, that you would examine your heart and if, there's, if you have found in your heart that, you know what, I've been doing things on my own and I need to get it right with God, get right with God and ask for forgiveness as a believer and take communion and say, thank you, Lord, for your body and your blood that was given for me that cleanses me from all unrighteousness and gives me a relationship and a standing with God. That's an amazing thing. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave us life and life more.